And Lord, we recognize that, um, that your church isn't just made up of those who turn up here on a Sunday, God, but, um, but there's no borders in your love and there's definitely no uh, limit to your presence. And, and so we pray, God, this morning as we gather as a family, God, that um, that, that care and uh, belonging and all the things that you have promised that you give us in community, God, that you would help us to extend that to those who can't make it this morning. Uh, to those who are away, Lord, we uh, we pray that um, yeah that they would uh, they would sense that they don't walk alone, that they're not travelling alone, God, but um, but they have the support of a community at home um, that are lifting them up, God. For those who are unwell, Lord, we pray that your presence would be with them, that your peace would rest, uh, and and that you would encourage us throughout the week to reach out to those who haven't been able to get here for. Um, reasons of health or otherwise, God. We pray uh, that you would use us, that you would stir us, that we would be a people known by how we love one another. God, that we would witness to who you are by the way that we would love one another, by your grace, empowered by your Holy Spirit. God, do your work in us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be reading from the last of our verses from the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 7. I often encourage people to catch up on the podcast if you've missed out, but uh, you've got about three months of listening uh, if you're um, wanting to catch up on the whole series. But um, uh, sounds a few messages that didn't quite get recorded due to technical difficulties. Uh, anyone with IT skills, speak to me after the service. Um, but... Beyond that, um, it's, I think it would be worth your time. Um, but we're right at the end. Um, and so we come to the closing passages of this teaching. There's a verse that we often quote, we often teach, but not necessarily as it refers to the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. So from verse 24, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he taught as one who had authorities, authority, not as their scribes. This is the word of the Lord. Everyone who hears these words and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. I feel like this is one of those chapters, kind of like the wolf in sheep's clothing one from a couple of weeks back, that gets used as a form of control instead of a form of freedom. The only way to do that is to take it out of its proper context, but as we 
do so well. It happens. And so caught up in that kind of usage, I don't see or I, I haven't experienced it as the life-giving words that it really is, uh, the promise that it really holds. But anyone who has done a little bit of wrestling with the biblical text, maybe pulling apart a few of the things you once thought, figuring out some stuff, and tried, you know, to get a sense of what all of this teaching has to say to us today, will know that there is comfort in finding foundation. And so because of that, the context that this is in is so important. We could have started, and I think we did start way back with referencing this passage because it's what sets this teaching as the foundation. By ending the passages, it's literally pointing to the ones before, saying this is what to build. This is the foundation. And so everything that we've talked about over the last however many weeks, we get confirmed that this is a foundation to build on. And there's a lot that we might find comfort in building a foundation on. There's a lot that maybe it's easier to draw lines and, and make solid But that's, I think, where the last part of this verse comes into play, where it talks about how the house that was built not on this kind of foundation. See, Jesus isn't just talking about our personal lives, but he's talking about the religious empire that was being built around him, uh, the... Uh, the social and economic structures of the day that were being built around him. And so as he speaks to the great fall, he's speaking to those things that were being built that didn't line up with this. So does this mean anything that you build that isn't... You know, sometimes I've heard this used to say, you know, we should be only investing in building, you know, basically what's in the four walls of the church institutional church you know the organization this is we we should build our foundation on you know all of these things and nothing bigger and nothing outside of that and certainly nothing without the church's name on it but Jesus is very careful to speak to those kind of attitudes this is not that but this what is this Blessed are the poor, right through to love your neighbour, love your enemies, treat others. All of that is the foundation. 
and it will not fall. I'm going to read another passage of scripture this morning. Isaiah 1, verse 10. There's a heavy rebuke from this chapter where the prophet speaks to the people of God who considered themselves the people of God. He says, listen to the teaching of our God. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bring, bringing offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. But new moon and Sabbath uh, and calling of convocation, I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. God's rebuke. He speaks to the people who were gathering. And we associate, if we read today, iniquity with, you know, maybe a sin that, or something that we don't quite get right and we continually repeat that pattern. And yes, it is that, but it speaks literally to, you know, the treatment of some as different to others. As all these things that this teaching that we've read in the Sermon of the Mount speaks to correcting iniquity is the sum total of all of those things being lived out in our life. So you who come to worship, but yet still mistreat others, leave others behind, leave others out. Verse 17, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out let us reason before the lord some versions say though your sins are like scarlet they shall be like snow though they are like red crimson they'll become like wool come let us reason this out why that come let us reason because this foundation was never going to be a easy answer it was never going to be a, a new set of doctrinal law that they could follow. It was never going to be a, a black and white set of instructions. But an invitation to come, reason, to consider every circumstance in light of the way, the things that Jesus taught, the things he lived, the grace he showed and revealed and the power of his death and resurrection. Come, let us reason with that in mind. Let us reason it out. Then it talks about the salvation, the washing clean. It's almost as if he's saying, come, Take part in what I'm teaching. Build your house on this rock 
and there's life to be found in it. There's healing. There's salvation to be found in walking out in pursuing these things that Jesus teaches. Yeah, there's never an easy answer for complicated issues. There's certainly rarely an easy answer for what's going on in our lives, let alone the things that are going on in the world. It's funny, lectionary text for today, and we haven't been using it, but because we've been doing the Sermon on the Mount, but it's the story of Zacchaeus when he is, uh, so we're in Luke 19, and Jesus is walking past, and Zacchaeus is a, a rich dude, tax collector actually, so probably a, uh, you know, um, not, uh, not honest or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so seen as exploiting the tax payers, but the tax collectors were not a liked crowd um, and certainly not reflected well in, in Scripture. And so they encounter Zacchaeus and Jesus calls him down out of the tree which he's in to try and get a, get a look at Jesus. Um, he's climbed a sycamore tree um, which is all kinds of symbolic about you know, covering um, the, the, the same kind of leaf that it says that Adam and Eve covered themselves with after they sin. And so... Uh, Zacchaeus is hiding, covering his shame, even though he's trying to be seen and see Jesus. And so um, Jesus invites him out of the tree. And, and then, you know, that crowd pipes up. Why, why are you spending time with sinners? I had a, a funny little experience at the beginning of this week where um, because all the churches in the area get an invitation from um, our local um, members of, of parliament, so the federal, federal minister, um, who in our area is in Goodenough, um, had invited all uh, the church leaders to come and speak with them. And, and so he, um, I received that uh, invitation via the... Um, the church email, um, and so I, you know, sent back um, that I'd be happy to go. Uh, and part of me, because of some of you know the crowds that uh, I guess I spend a bit of time with, who are you know active in in speaking up for human rights or or things that. Um, and maybe a, a bit of a challenge to our current government. Part of me kind of is like, oh, that's not going to look, you know, like it fits with the the things that we um, that we might be, you know, trying to trying to teach or or demonstrate. Um, and I think it's always good to reflect, like, why you want, um, you know, uh, there's there's something probably. Um, I don't want to say attractive, but like there's something about 
being in uh, invited into a space that has uh, any kind of you know power or influence, and so you know it's good to to reflect on why we we take that up. But it's funny how that voice l sounded quite like the ones uh, that I hear in this text, you know. Um, and I mean, it wasn't really coming from anyone else. It was coming from me, and it was probably the sort of thing I'd probably think about someone else in the same situation as me going to do the same thing that I was doing. And so I realised as I read this text this week that that was probably me. Um, and so in this office, we had a chance to hear from the ministers, actually another, um, so Matt O'Sullivan, who's another um, Christian uh, politician who is a senator um, in another um, electorate in our state. Um, and maybe 10 pastors and leaders um, came in, sat around a table, and the ministers shared about, um, you know, protection of religious freedom, um, which, in principle, I, I'm 100% for. Um, uh, I heard a few share on, you know, things that they thought maybe weren't quite adequate in the current laws and a few pastors ask a few questions about what it meant. Uh, I felt very strongly to go and and to have one particular thing to say that um, that I don't think that self-interest is what should characterise either our government or our faith. Um, that why should we be concerned for those things and not the rights of others. And if we're to uphold religious freedom as a um, as something that is an ideal of our society, then we should certainly consider the way that we treat people who have arrived here seeking asylum, uh, who are fleeing religious persecution in their own country. And... Um, I had the opportunity to ask to pray for the ministers as well. And, um, and I think in that context, and it, it's funny, I, I've, I've had moments where, you know, I know it's necessary to sometimes be involved in, in the more direct, you know, and I've been in the protest actions and I've been in the, you know, the speak up, the more confrontational kind of things. But I think in that moment I had a chance to hear a response from those ministers that I, I believe was a reflection of their their Christian character and their attempt to wrestle with what's right and wrong and, and trying to, to work through those things. And, and I had um, Senator Matt um, kind of gave me the, the usual liberal kind of... Um, uh, you know, we but we don't want to start up the boats and all of that kind of. You know, it's a it's a very well worn line that they use whenever it's brought up. Um, but I could also see uh, that he heard what I said and was, um, you know, he even asked a few things um, and and uh, there was space for a conversation and and only God knows what comes out of those conversations. But I know that they value the input of the Christian leaders in that room. And I also know that even though not many of the other Christian leaders in that room were saying, 
the sort of things I said that most agreed as I raised those points, that that is the only way through our lens of scripture that we can see those things. And so, um, so I don't know what good comes of that, but I was encouraged reading this verse later, both that maybe, you know, these things that we do can have some kind of impact, but also to be a little more reflective in the way that we maybe judge too quickly who people should associate with or what side they should take or um, like those. I mean, they were right, you know, this was a guy who'd ripped them off. So the guy who'd done wrong by people and what business did Jesus who'd come? See, that's why they were confused. It wasn't because they were seen as, you know, bad and Jesus was pure. It was like their lifestyle was in direct contradiction with the things that Jesus was teaching about freedom from oppression and, and people, you know, good news for the poor. Well, Zacchaeus certainly wasn't good news for the poor, was he? It wasn't good news when the tax collector came knocking on your door. It's kind of like getting a Centrelink debt collection notice. And yet, Jesus saw ahead with a vision for salvation, not only for the poor, not only for the oppressed, but for all that this gospel is a gospel of good news to all of mankind. That this foundation is something that you can build in and that when you dig down into, can't be shaken. It's truth for Zacchaeus. It's truth for Senator Matt and Senator Ian. It's truth for the refugee on Manus. It's truth for those of us sitting here truth it's a foundation that can't be shaken that when the wind and the rain come the challenges and trials of life see you always know whether truth will hold up in the face of trial and difficulty and I came to this kind of I guess view of the gospel or maybe not that I came to a view of it but I came to the confidence to speak about it after watching so many people walk through trial that then left them with a faith shaken that fell apart in the face of difficulty or in the face of oppression or in the face of things being unfair or life being unfair it wasn't necessarily got good news or they saw that the good news that was so good for someone who was able to give a testimony of a million dollars being given at just the right moment for just the right thing, or the healing, or the whatever and whatever, and realizing that they'd sat week after week and didn't get it. See, these things shook, but the foundation shouldn't. And so after watching that, walking that, I came to a point where I just, you know, I don't want to preach a gospel that when the wind comes and the waters rise doesn't stand the test of time because I know there is a gospel. There is a good news that's good news for all 
that's a foundation worth building on. And it starts by recognising these teachings of Jesus, that he is the way, that he is the truth, and responding to the grace by the power of the Holy Spirit that actually includes us in that. The band, maybe um, just keys, Hazel can come and join as we get ready to come around the table. I'll be away um, next Sunday. Nathan's going to be sharing. Um, I'll be at a conference um, speaking to the church that's hosting that conference um, a little about these things, about why we do communion the way that we do, why we do it weekly. Um, they're a similar kind of church background to ours. And asking similar questions, I guess, to those that I, I kind of found myself. Like, how do we build a faith that is a foundation that doesn't get shaken in these kind of times? Uh, how do we build a kind of faith that that's actually going to bring healing and hope to the world? Because it brings healing and hope to each one of us. Maybe not in immediate circumstances and maybe not with easy answers like we once thought but knowing that we know that Jesus is the way and that this good news is good news for all the rain fell the floods came the wind blew and beat on the house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock Jesus says to Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church. That rock was Jesus, uh, was Peter's recognition that Jesus was who he said he was. We sang this morning, I am who you say I am. These are two things that if we would only begin to get a glimpse of, then the world would be a better place. We are who he says we are. And he is who he said he is. That's the rock. We come back to that place every week as we recognise that it's by his grace, it's his body broken for us, it's his blood shed for us that empowers us to live that reality. Would you stand with us this morning and we're going to pray a prayer and then come around the table. We pray this prayer this morning recognising that it's not by our strength but his. It's not in our ability that we will be able to live out these teachings but it is definitely the thing that we are invited to walk into is by his grace. 
that's the power of the Holy Spirit in us that brings that discernment when things are in grey areas, that when the invitation to come, let us reason together. That as we seek him and spend time responding to the Holy Spirit in ways that we practice here when we come and worship together, that in those moments where It's only you, God, who can tell us which way we should go. That we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in those moments and respond in the way that he would have us respond. If your foundation feels a little bit shaky, then my encouragement to you is to dig deeper. Because his is a solid foundation that cannot be moved. And so if what you are standing on feels like it can be moved, be encouraged that even though it might be scary, even though it might be uncomfortable, that sometimes moving those things means we find what really matters. Oh, we confess this morning that we haven't always built on your foundation. That sometimes we build on other things. Sometimes we start out with something that we think is solid. And we've leaned on our own understanding instead of letting your Holy Spirit guide. We've leaned into comfort instead of the unknown. Lord, we confess this morning that we've sinned against you. That we've not loved you with our whole heart. We've not loved our neighbor as ourselves. Oh, we're sorry. We repent. We ask that you would lead us this morning. And always. That you would guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit into your will the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen. So this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love God and those who want to love God more, so come. You who have much faith and you who have a little, you who have been here often and you who have just come for the first time. Let nothing keep you from love's feast. Let nothing empty this table of its power. Leave judgment behind and receive mercy. Leave indifference behind and recognize God's family. Leave now, if necessary, go and be a forgiver and run back because it is the Lord who invites us. It is God's will that those who desire Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit would encounter him here. So come. Well, as we finish up uh, this morning, we'll share our benediction together. I think we have it up on the screen, or are we? uh, Yep, very good. Uh, Church, we come as we are, but we are sent out not the same. Sanctuary, he speaks over us a new name to bless and rebuild this city. 
So we go, broadcast good news for the poor, let the blind see, set free the oppressed, live jubilee, let it be in his liberating grace that pardons and empowers sinners like us to participate in God's kingdom of mercy. And all God's people said, Amen.